Hello and welcome back to the podcast. This is From Debt to Wealth to Impact. This is a show where I try to help people move from financial struggle to financial stability and from financial stability to financial significance. Listen, do you have a dream or a life goal that remains unfulfilled? If so, then this is the show for you. This is episode number six. And today I wanted to talk about how popular culture programs us to be broke, programs us to have a financially mediocre life. The other day I was on social media, I believe it was Facebook, and there was a cartoon that popped up. It showed a guy in his driveway and he was standing in front of a big mansion and he was standing next to a really nice exotic car, you know, the kind with the doors that open up like wings. And he stood there and he was saying in this cartoon, I have everything I want. And there was a guy next to him that was not rich. And his answer was, yeah, except happiness. And see, that's kind of what culture programs us to think. It programs us to think that rich people are not happy. But I'm going to tell you, as a FedEx driver, I have delivered to some very wealthy neighborhoods. And a matter of fact, I now deliver in Encinitas. And there's a lot of wealthy people in Encinitas on my route. And every time I interact with the majority of them, they come across as very happy. But culture programs us to think differently. Here's one of my favorite illustrations about that. I don't know how many people remember the movie Titanic. It was very popular, and uh, but it's been a while back. So, you know, some of you people may remember Titanic and maybe some younger people haven't seen it. But in the movie Titanic, there is a scene where all of the real passengers, the rich people, are having a party upstairs. And it's very uh, boring music. And everybody's standing around, nobody's really dancing, and it's just really, really boring. And that was their example of a rich person party. And then the scene switches down below deck, where the crew, the dishwashers and the cabin boys, and all of those types of people, the maids, uh, they're off work by now, and they're having a party And the music is upbeat and peppy and everybody's laughing and dancing and having an awesome time. And the not so subtle message there is that rich people are boring. Rich people's parties are boring. But if you're poor, if you're broke, if you're working class and you're down below deck, that's where all of the fun really is. And that's just one of many, many ways culture programs us to be poor. I was listening to a song the other day from the 80s. And again, a popular song. I love Bon Jovi. I still listen to him all the time. I listen to 70s music. I listen to 80s music. I still enjoy Bon Jovi. I still enjoy this song that I'm getting ready to bring up. But let me walk you through a song that was popular in the 80s and just show you how culture programs us to be broke and mediocre with our finances. It's called Living on a Prayer. And just look at this first verse. It says, Tommy used to work on the docks. Union's been on strike. He's down on his luck. It's tough. So tough. Gina works the diner all day. Working for her man, she brings home her pay for love. 
And then it says, we've got to hold on to what we've got. It doesn't make a difference if we make it or not. We've got each other, and that's a lot for love. We'll give it a shot. Whoa, we're halfway there. We're living on a prayer. Take it. Take my hand. We'll make it, I swear. Whoa, living on a prayer. I don't know. Hey, let me know. Do you like it when I sing or when I talk through the lyrics? But take a look just at this lyric. You have Tommy that's unemployed because the union's on strike. And it says he's down in his luck and it's tough. And you have Gina working at the diner all day. And you know, you know, the implications that she's not making much money. But then they go on and say, hey, you know what? We don't have very much. We don't have uh, much at all. But we have each other and that's okay. That's all that we really need. And so it programs you to say, hey, look, you know what? Be blue, blue collar, be, be working class, broke. But as long as you have love, you're going to be okay. And we sing this song, we listen to this song, and we listen to it over and over and over again, and it programs us to think that way. Then the next verse talks about, it says, Tommy's got his six string and hawk. Now he's holding in what he used to make it talk so tough. And of course, Gina dreams of running away. But just think about that. Tommy had to hawk, had to pawn his guitar, and now he's holding back his creativity. So how is being poor so good right there when he had to hawk his guitar and he's not being able to have his creative outlet? And then, you know, it goes right back to the verse that says, oh, well, that's okay. It's okay if his guitar's pawned. It's okay if Gina feels like running away and, and Tommy has to talk her down off the ledge. Uh, we don't have very much, but we've got each other and that's enough for love. So again, it's see how it programs us. And there's so many songs and, and movies and TV shows and just the culture around us programs us this way and hey just now looking at this lyric something dawned on me it says tommy used to work on the docks union's been on strike and now he's down on his luck things are tough so here we get this picture that hey if you work with a union the union might go on strike then you're going to be down on your luck and things are going to be tough maybe it is programming us to think that unions are bad but let me tell you about my experience with unions, Federal Express compared to UPS. I started working with FedEx about 27 years ago. When I first started with FedEx, the difference between a FedEx driver who is non-union and a UPS driver, UPS drivers have a union, the difference between a FedEx driver and a UPS driver was about $5,000 a year. UPS driver made about $5,000 more than me when I first started working for FedEx. And you know, that's not too bad. You can learn to live with that. Um, I had the attitude that FedEx drivers worked a little bit less. They didn't work as hard as some UPS drivers that I knew. So hey, making $5,000 less per year, I can live with that. But if you fast forward 25, 27 years, you see what union representation has done. 25, 27 years later, FedEx, no union, UPS has a union. A FedEx a UPS driver now makes thirty to thirty-five thousand dollars more than I do. If we work the same amount of hours and basically do the same job, a UPS driver now makes thirty to thirty-five thousand dollars more a year than I do. That's twenty-five, twenty-seven years difference. We went from a five thousand dollar wage gap to a thirty-five thousand dollar wage gap. And has UPS gone on strike in that 27 years? Yes, they have. One time. 
one time in 27 years. I remember it well. I was working for FedEx and UPS went on strike. And all of that freight, all of that volume still needed to move. And so all of those UPS shippers tried to move over to us. It was August, um, many, many years ago, about, I'm thinking about 17 years ago or so. And it was August and I was working in Vegas and all of that volume moved over to us and we were working our butts off. UPS was on strike, sure, but they have money and funds that they can use to make up the difference um, for part of their paycheck where they're on strike. We were working our butts off. The strike only lasted one month and UPS got what they wanted. And they also laid the groundwork for future contracts where they could get what they wanted without having to go on strike. So yes, do unions sometimes go on strike? Yes, they do. But more often than not, they win at most of what they want to get and their lives are better off. My father-in-law worked for Ford and he was in a union and he had an awesome retirement when he retired. So don't let people make you think that, yeah, I know that there's some abuses in the union system, but don't let people and popular culture like living on a prayer uh, make you think that unions are all bad. So I hope you enjoyed that. Just a few illustrations of how popular culture may be training us and programming us to be broke, to have um, mediocre financial lives. And one of the things that I do as a life coach and goals coach is I do help people work with their mindset and reprogram their minds for success. Do you want to stop living small and go for your dreams? Are you ready to reach your full potential? Do you want to stop setting goals and then making excuses for not reaching them? Would you like to have a concrete plan that you are confident you will follow through on? Do you want to learn how to stay motivated and avoid procrastination? Do you want to have faith in yourself and know without a doubt that you are on a path to your dreams? Do you want to feel confident that you have the tools to achieve anything you want now or in the future? If any of those questions sound like you or resonate with you, um, why don't you get on my calendar? Let's have a 15-minute virtual coffee. Get on the phone and uh, see if there's any way that we can work together, any way that I can help. You can get on my calendar by going to www.davidsmithspeaks.com slash calendar. That's davidsmithspeaks.com slash calendar. Don't worry, it'll be in the episode description and the show notes. But uh, hey, if any of those questions resonate with you, uh, I'd love to just spend uh, 15 minutes virtual coffee on the phone, maybe on a Zoom call, and uh, see what your next step might be and see if I can be of any help with any of those things. I hope Again, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I would super appreciate it if you would subscribe on whatever your platform of choice is. If you happen to be on Apple, leave me a positive review. It helps awesome people like you find this podcast and uh, grow my reach and help me make the impact. So again, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you again on episode seven. Namaste.